Welcome to the Curious Humans Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Miller. Hi there. Well, firstly, thank you so much to the 54 kind listeners who have taken the time to review the show. J9 Gasts wrote, In our increasingly polarised and mechanised world, we need reminders of the magic, the mystery, and yes, the fragility of life. We need reminders to be tender, grateful, and to stay open to the new. Oh, wow. Well, as well as leaving warm and fuzzy feelings, these ratings help to spread the word and get more curiosity-stoking guests for the upcoming season. Speaking of which, this week's conversation was with Austin Lewis, and it's genuinely one of my favourites. As far as I know, Austin has never been interviewed before. He's a recently graduated student from the Wayfinding Academy in Portland, Oregon. And it's, it's common to hear the education system is broken or our schools are failing us. But what I think this conversation provides is a rare glimpse into what the future of higher education actually could look like. And hearing his really vulnerable story honestly gave me hope. And the courage that he had to step outside the traditional system into what he called the space between stories and seeing the journey to the path that he's now found, which feels much more aligned with the human that he wants to become. Okay, so without further ado from me, enjoy the episode. So I'm here with Austin, who is about to graduate from the Wayfinders Academy here in Portland. And there is so much that I want to ask you. And we've already had, you know, some really great conversations so far. Let's start off with, do you feel like you were curious as a child? And if so, what were you curious about? Mm, Like the answer that's bubbling up right now is like a 100% yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would definitely consider myself to have been a very curious child. Um, But it's interesting because like I, I, I don't really separate it as like I was a curious child back then. Like Mm. I, I don't feel like I ever lost touch with Mm, that mm. um and i i know that that is rare these days yeah um and it's it's one of the things that i'm kind of most grateful for in my life is Mm. um that my curiosity was never really uh squashed right um and i I think that's also part of the work that i want to do in the world too is because Mm -hmm. like i I have seen the people that I care about. I've seen my, my friends and my family um, kind of go through these systems that have really, really just kind of sucked the, the life out of them mm-hmm. and have really just kind of crushed and, and um, crippled their, their curiosity. And um, so it's interesting, like, it's, it's interesting, this question of like, do you think you were a very curious child? Because like, yes, and I still think I am that curious mm-hmm. child. Like mm-hmm. I have just kind of, grown up and and I'm developing new worldviews and new ways to look at things but to me like my curiosity and my enthusiasm like those are two things that are at the core of who I am mm-hmm. and and so yeah it's like it's like yes I was and and I still am like mm-hmm. not much not much has changed in terms of like just being curious and following that curiosity yeah I, I think that I mean it really comes across and that's exactly why I really wanted to have this conversation and I suppose the next, um, or the next obvious question is, how do you think you 
kept hold of it. I mean, we'll, we'll come on to Wayfinders later, but um, during kind of what did, what did high school, what did school look mm. like for you? What was that experience? Hmm. You know, I don't think I've ever really had the, the opportunity to reflect on it in this way, but now when I think about kind of how did my curiosity look um, going through high school and going through college, um, it's interesting because I look at the times where where my curiosity could have been stifled. Mm. And, and I look at like, how did I get through those times? Like, how did I make it through? Like, how did I, do you know what I mean? How did I survive? Yeah, yeah I didn't see no, no break yet. <laughs> um, and when I look at those, when I look at those times, like in high school, for example, um, one of the things that was challenging was that we would get these assignments and we were told to do these things and it didn't really seem like there was any um, intention behind why we were doing it. It was just kind of like, you know, like work for work's sake. And it was just busy work. And and even the question of like, when are we ever going to use this? Mm -hmm. Like, that's one that you got a lot. And, um, and you would, I would see teachers just kind of brush it off and not really answer those questions. And I think that a lot of my classmates around me stopped asking those questions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I, I, I didn't, I, I, like, I always got good grades in school because I realized that, um, it wasn't really particularly about learning. It was more about like the game that was being played. Yep. And I think my curiosity led me to, to ask the questions about why the, why we were doing the things we were doing. Yep. And I think that's a big thing for me was that like curiosity didn't stop at like the things I'm interested in and the things I wanted to learn. Like it, it continued into like, wait, why are we doing it this way? Mm -hmm. Like, why are we being taught these things? And, and why is it important to know these things versus other things? And, mm -hmm. um, so I think just following that kind of led me to this place of like, oh, wait, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And yet there is a game that's being played. And I learned, like, I didn't necessarily learn what I wanted to learn, but I did learn how to kind of give people what they wanted to hear. <laughs> and, I, and I learned how to, um, at the time I called it, I, I called it bullshitting. Yeah. Um, now I realize that it's... Technical time. Yeah, there's a skill, like there's a name for it. It's called improvising. Sure. And... Um, and I just, I just kind of learned how to take tests and I learned how to navigate the system that I was in. And um, so I was able to kind of see it for what it was rather than just kind of like internalizing all of these things and kind of believing that um, I wasn't worthy if I didn't get good grades or, or like I just really didn't put that much importance on grades. I was mm -hmm. just like, okay, this seems kind of arbitrary. It's just, mm -hmm. it, it just seems like a system that is um, set up to kind of sort us and like give us, uh, give us good opportunities if we... <laughs> if we play their game. And mm -hmm. so um, I I was able to kind of see that, yeah, it's just kind of a game. And like, if I get a high score in this game, then I get to go <laughs> and do these other things. And But again, once I got into college, the questions were still there. Like the questions that started in high school around, why are we doing the things we're doing? Why are we doing it this way? Why do we have to learn these things? And um, I just found like in college, nobody had any answers for me. And I just found myself in this situation where um, I'm paying a lot of money to go to this school and I'm going, I, I don't really even know why I'm going, but I'm going because my parents went to this, like went to business school and my whole family went to school and this is just kind of what I was supposed to do. And there wasn't a lot of intention with that decision. I just kind of did it because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to ask those questions, you know, the ones that are like, why am I here? And why are, why are you here? Why are my friends here? Why is everybody here? And I just wasn't hearing good answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, I just found more and more. I was like, why, why am I going down this path in my life? Why is this going to be my life? Um, cause I kind of saw where I was headed and that was just mm-hmm. sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, the typical business cubicle job. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's great. Like, that's great if that's what you wanted, but I just kind of felt that that wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think one of the questions that took me away from college and took me onto the path that I'm on right now is just like this, like deep, deep sense of like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> like, what am I doing? What is this for? Why am I doing this? And I just found that I, the answers I had and the answers that people around me had were just not good enough to keep me where I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, there's got to be better answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you had this pretty remarkable foresight when you were that age to almost, um, as you were saying, I was thinking kind of, it's almost like you saw, you saw inside the matrix and you were able to kind of <laughs> extract yourself and see it as the system and as this game where you can, you know, you kind of get points, you get good grades mm. and you progress. And I think I had a similar experienced myself when I was kind of graduating from school and seeing a few people who were kind of a few years down the line with these kind of nine to five city jobs and spending some time talking to them. The the idea of of living my life in that way where it was almost completely predefined what the next 10, 15, 20 years of your life was going to look like, mm-hmm. that completely terrified me. And I think that sent me on this kind of journey in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> Um, and I'm really, I guess I'm grateful that I kind of had that almost, almost shock. I think it was that kind of fear of mm. this is what I'm drifting towards. Yeah. And again, it was coming from some of those questions. So I guess that brings us to where we are here, which is in this pretty remarkable Wayfinders Academy, which you've just given me a tour of, and <laughs> I've seen some of the, some of the classrooms. And what I, what I love about this place is it feels like it's taking some of these alternative education principles and actually putting them into practice. And it's not just people saying education is broken. It's, it's, it's screwed up. The system's broken. It like, there's a group of people here in Portland who are actively trying to create a viable alternative. And to me, it feels like that's, it feels like that's working and seeing some of the students on Saturday and speaking to you and speaking to Michelle, the headmistress, it's, it's really inspiring for me to see this happening. And sure, it's not perfect and it's, you know, it's still early days, but I'd love to hear from you how you, how you discovered it. Mm-hmm. And from your perspective, this is probably a big question given that you spent two years here, but <laughs> what is the, what has the experience been like for you and kind of what is it, what has it given you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really good questions. Um, so I, I first found wayfinding after a whole lot of what I kind of call floating. And I've had friends who have talked about this, this experience of floating in their own lives too. This, this, and I've heard it being described as the space between stories. It's that time in your life where you've kind of walked out of a story that defined who you were for so long. Maybe it's two years, five years, 10 years. Um, in my case, it was kind of like my whole life. Like I was just like, this is, this is what I believe to be true about myself. I thought I was, um, I thought it was the good son who got the good grades, who was a good athlete and is going down this track of success and is checking all the boxes and is doing really well. And nobody has to worry about me and I'm going to go off to do great things. And that was, that was the story that was told to me. And that was a story that I internalized and, um, 
And it was the story that I realized just wasn't enough. Like there, there wasn't, it just felt off. Like there wasn't, again, you, you spoke about how like just being able to see five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, like is not, it is actually kind of like suffocating. <laughs> like there's no room for any of the good stuff. So yeah, so I was in this, this space between stories because I realized that like this, this college that I was at for the first, um, in, in my like early twenties was just not, not doing it for me. There was just so much more that I wanted to explore and, and there's so much more that I wanted to get out of life. So I was in a period where I was like, I have no idea what I want to do, but I am certain that it is not this. And that was all, that was all I needed to make a change. And I, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want it to sound like a small thing, like, mm -hmm. because I think it's, it's easy to just in hindsight be like, yeah, like I just, I was asking these questions and I came to these answers and I just yeah, made yeah, a jump. Yeah. Like yeah. it was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to explain to the people that I loved and the people that I cared about and the people that were supporting me yeah. and, and had put me in the position to have this really awesome opportunity yeah. of going to school who, and being on this good track. living that old story. Who are living that old story and seeing me that way. Um, for me to turn around and say that I don't, I don't want this lifestyle is, was tough. Mm. My dad, my dad didn't quite understand it for, um, quite some time. He's come around now. Um, and he's actually like one of my biggest supporters now, but at the time he was really struggling with it. Mm. Um, because that, that was the way that he had lived his life. And that was the way that his parents had lived their lives. And those, those were the stories that they were living. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me to be like, no, I want something else. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that something is, mm -hmm. was just such a foreign concept to, to myself and to my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was, I was floating. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm positive that it's not this. And that was my approach for like the next two years. No, not, not even two years. That was like my approach for the next year was to just try some things on and navigate that way. Navigate by, um, by looking at what I don't want to get clear on what it is that I might want to do. Mm -hmm. And so like, oh my God, during that time, I, I got certified as a hypnotist. Um, <laughs> I, um, I tried my hand at bartending. Um, I volunteered at soup kitchens. Um, I just did a lot of stuff. I, I, I was a frequent visitor of the self-help section of the bookstore and was just <laughs> really trying to like, understand what life was all about from from yeah. from my bedroom yeah, yeah. um and i did that for a while and then i realized like i can't do this on my own mm. like i'm trying to learn all about myself and i'm trying to learn about what i want to do and the impact that i want to have on the world and i'm trying to do that i'm trying to do that by myself and i'm trying to do that on my own mm -hmm. and um i felt really lonely mm. and so from there i was looking for a community of people that were thinking the way i did that were thinking a lot bigger and were thinking about um, what they wanted to do in the world. Mm. And uh, not from this perspective of like this idealistic, like I want to change the world and I know I can do it. Like from, from a way that was like, no, I, I have things to offer. And like, if combined with other people, like that can actually add up to some big impact. And I wanted, I want to work on the things that I think are broken in the world. Mm. And my first time that I found that was at World Domination Summit in Portland. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anything about Portland, Oregon. Um, at the time I was living in Massachusetts and I just decided to take a leap and come to the conference. Mm -hmm. And so I attended and while I was here, um, this woman, Michelle Jones was a keynote speaker on stage and she was talking about how higher education is broken and that, and that the system is backwards and that 
all of these students are graduating with this soul crushing debt and they don't know what they want to do with their lives. And nobody asks them until they're done with the four years. And I was like, yes, that's <laughs> been my experience. Like you're speaking to me. And I remember I was in the very top balcony of the theater and I just felt this like, <laughs> this like expansion in my chest and this, this, like this warmth and this just like, um, this sense that I had just found something that I wanted to be a part of. Mm. And um, so that was the first time I heard about Wayfunding Academy. And I spoke to Michelle afterwards. And um, I, I tell this story to everybody because just, it's just one of those moments that's very vivid and so clear in my head. So I went up to Michelle and I asked her, I said, um, I said, I really like what you're doing with Wayfunding Academy. I really like the mission. Um, and I might, I might consider being a student myself one day. And this is the part I tell everybody, but she, she said, um, okay, well, that's, that's, that's awesome. How, how interested are you? Because if you really want to become a student, then you can join in 15 days or you can join us in 380. And I was like, I cannot wait 380 days. Like, what am I going to do? Go home and bartend for another 380 <laughs> days? Like, what am I going to not just, what am I, I'm, am I just not going to take the leap and come out in 15 days and do this yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I did it. I put in my two weeks while I was at the conference for a job that I was at um, and like called home and was like, I found what I'm going to do for the next two years. Wow. I'm going to go to the school. Um, and I, yeah, I did it all in two weeks. I did the application. Um, everything like uprooted my life and came out on here and wow yeah um so it was like after after my first experience in college it was a lot of floating and then found wayfinding and was like that's it I'm, I'm i'm all in let's do it yeah wow what a what a path and i feel like <laughs> it's i mean this is remarkable timing because the first time i saw you was on sunday when you gave us an amazing talk to the entire WDS uh, community, over 800 people on stage, and you shared some of your learnings and um, kind of really beautifully curated some of the other stories from the other students. And something that I wanted to, um, something that really stuck in my mind was you said that this idea of community can be summed up as many flames, one fire. And that's something that really kind of stuck in my head too. And I, I completely agree with what you were saying earlier about how this kind of this floating in between stories can feel very can feel very lonely and very isolating mm -hmm. and the real power and energy that comes from meeting a small tribe of other people who are kind of asking these same questions and navigating this uncertainty together so i mean it's and you're graduating in two weeks as well right that's <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing that's <laughs> wow wow there must be a lot of um a lot of thoughts or kind of feelings kind of bubbling up right now. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to, uh, just before we, we hit record here, I stole the, the creed, which is a, a manifesto that's printed on, on wood here. And Michelle read it out um, when I visited last week. And in fact, I'd love, would, would you be all right with just reading this? Yeah, Because totally. I think it really sums up the, the kind of essence of what wayfinding stands for. We believe there's more than one way to do life, and one definition of success is not enough. Too often, the choice posed is what college to pick. The real choice is what life to pick. We find the freedom to choose when we quiet the voices of others' expectations. 
Learning emerges from curiosity. Education should stoke it, not cure it. We favor adventure and challenge over comfort and ease. We stretch. We are humans to be cultivated, not objects to be sorted. We value students before edifice and crafting by hand over assembling by line. College and community should be woven together. We will learn, we will teach, we will serve, and we will explore together. The line between the real world and school, between life and work, is imaginary. The future is uncertain. That's good. Each person has distinct potential. Let's not waste it. All people deserve the chance to grow without soul-crushing debt. Education is an investment that we share because education is our chance to make the world better. What you do with your life matters to more than just you. When we each live life on purpose, we all thrive. <laughs> That's amazing. And I can imagine um, a bunch of listeners and my friends who are just kind of like throwing their arms up in the air, like, yes, <laughs> like, exactly. As it, I was when I first heard it. Exactly that, like, yeah. it's just, it rings really true. In particular, the, um, I love the line, we are humans to be cultivated, mm -hmm. not objects to be sorted, which is yeah. something you talked about earlier. And I suppose the question on my mind and probably for people listening is, what is what has this looked like in practice? What has the mm. the curriculum over the two years translated into? And sure, it's it's obviously a work in progress, and I get the yeah. sense that you guys are taking feedback on board and improving all the time. But um, could you maybe just give people a, an overview of the kind of projects that you've been working mm -hmm. on and the kind of the philosophies underlying um, the actual day to day process? Yeah, totally. Um... And I guess, yeah, the, I think an important thing to note is that, um, yeah, the, a lot of this is a work in progress um, and iteration is kind of at the core of what we do. Um, and I think that's so important. And it's one of the things that brought me to Wayfinding or what drew me to Wayfinding in the first place was the transparency and the honesty. Um, because the pitch was not like, it was not like here is this place where you can figure it out and 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 we have we have it all set up for you and this is where you go if you want to do this thing mm -hmm. the no not at all <laughs> <laughs> the pitch was higher education is broken we want to fix it we want to turn it frontwards and we want to be on we want to be at the heart of that movement to fix it and with that as we walk out of this system that no longer works for us, we are kind of blazing our own path. Like we're, we're, we're finding our own way as a school. And the invitation to us was like, you can be a part of this too. And like, you are someone that is going to be intentionally crafting this thing with us. And, uh, and I loved that I could, because it was like one, it was like, I'm a student. And also I get to craft this movement as well. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, like I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys about like the, uh, what it's like to be a student here. And also like, it goes so much more, it goes so much, it goes beyond that as well, because the experience of watching this school be built and actually having a hand in building it mm. is, uh, I think oftentimes like gets lost in conversation about what we do here at the school, mm -hmm. because I mean, just, just, just imagine like being at a school that is still trying to figure it out and still trying to find the solutions to the, to the problems in higher education and being a part of working on that. And it looks so many different ways. It looks like uh, figuring out 
which core courses to go with and, and, and who should teach them and, and what you should do in those core courses. And it looks like, um, what is the role of a guide and, and what does that look like? And, uh, it's just really cool. Just this two years has been like one, it's been an education as a student, but it's also been this experience and this hands-on experience of building a learning community that will last and that is sustainable. And that is, mm-hmm. um, cultivating these humans. <laughs> um, but so I, I wanted to say that, but I can get into like what it is that we No, I mean, I think that's, that's really, um, it's really important. And for me, what it sounds like is they almost, they almost kind of had the courage to be vulnerable and to mm-hmm. say that like you, like the students here, we haven't got this figured out either. Yeah. And we kind of, we need your help. And something, something that I learned in my time in, in Maptia with, um, we, we made our own similar manifesto, but we, we kind of invited and empowered our community to make it their own mm-hmm. and to share it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made it resonate. And yeah. I feel like you guys or, or Michelle with Wayfinders have done something very similar where you've kind of, they've asked a very powerful question and they've extended their hand and given an invitation to these two cohorts of students and said, help build the, a future of of education, of higher education. And um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if you could just give us a few samples of maybe some of the workshops or, or some of the, the classes that had the most emotional impact on you. Like if you're, if you're yeah. kind of looking back in the last two years, here, mm-hmm. I'm sure there was, you know, a lot, of, a lot of highs and lows, but what would be some of the standouts um, moments that, that happened during, during your time here? Yeah, um, I can just real quickly give you a rundown of the Do classes it. and- Go for it. Okay, cool. So you come into Wayfinding and you have, you start off with two classes. One of them is Wayfinding 101 um, and the other is Understanding Our World. Those are the two basic core classes that you start off with in your first term. And Wayfinding 101 is all about um, what are these words, passion and values and uh, curiosity and like what what do these mean and what do these practically mean in our own lives and what are our values and what do we care about and what are we passionate about? And, uh, and that's when we first kind of sort of get to name some of the things that we've been feeling for a while and might not know how to put that into words and might not know how to own those as legitimate things that we can explore. And uh, for me, that class had a big impact on me because I, when I came into this school, I didn't see myself as a creative person, which is mind boggling wow. to me now because like wow. all of my work is about creativity. Like yeah, yeah. how can it, that's, how could it not? Um, yeah, but I, I had to, yeah, I had to struggle and kind of work on owning the things that I'm interested in. And uh, maybe I shouldn't go down because it'll just be no, super long. No, just, just okay. yeah, go for it, go for it. Um, and so the other class, Understanding Our World, is all about um, looking at our place in the world and trying to ask these questions of like, how did this world come to be the way, to the, way that it is? And so we look at things like um, like colonialism and, and kind of like, <laughs> why do we have the systems that we have? And if you look at a map, like, why are there the boundaries drawn the way that they are? And like, how did we get here? And it's just a really, really intense, deep dive into um, how did I get here? And how did, how, what are the stories that are being told and whose stories are being told about what this world is and what it can be? Um, so you've got those two starting you off with like a little bit of self and society right <laughs> off the bat. Um, 
from there, we move on to engaging with information and understanding ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. um, engaging with information is all about like sort of like media literacy and learning um, how to ask good questions of yourself, of yourself and then go and try to search for those answers. Um, and a lot of that is like, how do you do that in a world where <laughs> fake news is rampant? Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Um, how do you just conduct good research? And how do you, how do you take a, an iterative experimental approach to the questions that you ask, knowing that sometimes you might not arrive at an answer, but you'll keep iterating and, and get and, and ask better questions. Yeah. Um, and then in the other class, understanding ourselves and others, you, you learn about like, what is my personality type and how do I work with others? And what is, what is leadership? And mm -hmm. how do you work on something difficult with other people? And how do you call people into it so that you are, so that you're all connected to the vision and all a part of whatever it is that you do. Mm -hmm. um, and that is very much trial by fire. Like Michelle mm -hmm. is the one that taught us that class. And um, I just remember the assignment was like, do something together, create something, do a project together. Like you're all going to come up with what it is that you want to do. And then you're going to figure out how it is that you do that thing. And uh, I, I think we all failed, but like, that was kind of the point was right. to just kind right. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just to, to, to <laughs> learn, like what are the pitfalls of like working in a group yeah. together and just Where kind of these like, edges? Yeah, yeah. And like learning about group dynamics and, and right. who you work well with and who you don't and why. And mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that was a, that was crazy. The next term we've got futures and citizenship, which is all about um, what does it mean to be active in our communities? Um, what does it mean to to create change on a very local level? And what does it mean to be a global citizen? And those are all questions that we look at. And we've only got one class in that term, that term three, because we fill the other half of that with an independent study or an internship. And right around this time is when we kind of start to craft our experience the way we want it to look, depending on what we're interested in. Mm -hmm. So for example, I, um, I had an internship with a, a mentor of mine that has an educational YouTube channel that she, any, where he teaches people how to sketch note, mm -hmm. um, which is basically like using little illustrations and visuals to help your brain remember things better and to process information better. And he does it in a very playful, uh, illustrative way. And I, I loved it. And so I did some work with him I'm talking a lot. <laughs> this, this is fantastic. Like I, so I just wanted to, um, I mean, so many thoughts going through my mind. I've been, I've been thinking about this, this question of what does a curriculum that is fit for the future look like? Mm. And everything that you've just been saying, I'm like, yep, 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 <laughs> yep. But I, I think almost at the heart of it, it is, it's exactly, it's like finding good questions and then trying to, um, almost design experiments around, mm. around those answers. Mm -hmm. And I'm really interested in the split between these kind of um, self-guided uh, experiments or internships where you do have some kind of, I guess, time and space to go off on your own, yeah. but also having the structured space mm -hmm. and the, the facilitation and the classes. Um, and something that just, it just seems so striking to me is that um, you said that when you arrived here, you didn't consider yourself to be a creative person. <laughs> And that to me is, is mind blowing because for people listening, um, before we hit record, we, we did a little tour of the school and Austin just pointed at about 10 or 15 different things that he's just made in the last like four <laughs> weeks. And then you showed me on your Instagram, you've been making something every day for the, for 40 days. 
I don't know, what, what day are you on at the moment? Uh, today is 36. 30, wow, okay, 36. And there were, I mean, what, what's, your, what's your Instagram handle for people who want to check it out? Um, it's Austin Lewis underscore. Okay, well, this is an Instagram account of a <laughs> someone who two years ago didn't consider themselves a great person. And there's banana squids and these ridiculous but amazing things that you've created. And so that, that for me is that even if these two years gave you nothing else, it feels like the the gift of that creative confidence mm-hmm. is almost you know worth it in itself yeah um do you have a sense for was there like a moment in time when you felt like your creativity was was unlocked or mm-hmm. was it was it a process could you want to maybe yeah speak totally to that? um it was definitely in term one of wayfinding in our wayfinding 101 class yeah. um i remember that um yeah, there was there was an assignment for one of our classes in term one where um, it didn't matter what we wrote about, but the assignment was to just write something. Um, and it could it could be an essay and it could be a short story. It didn't matter. Um, and I just I, I realized that I I've really struggled with like I really struggled with that, like lack of constraint. And uh, and I think that the assignment was intentionally vague because like coming out of a schooling system where you're you're so constrained with what you can do and uh i think it was an exercise in unlearning some of those right some of those patterns and some of those um those ways of doing things Mm -hmm. and uh so for me i found this I, i found myself in this situation where like there was no bounds to what i could make and it was terrifying Mm -hmm. um and it got me really curious about like where my creativity flourished um and it started a whole project for me, like just kind of being curious about like, what are the conditions that allow me to be most creative? Mm. And be- because I realized that like, it's not absolute freedom. Like I really do not like the blank canvas. Um, I struggle with that a lot. Uh, and not, I, you're not the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I also realized that it wasn't in situations that were highly, highly, highly constrained. Mm. Like I wanted a little bit of freedom to move around. And uh, it started a project that I called like the creative constraint project. And uh, basically, I just tried to like push my creativity by putting limits and putting constraints on myself, just to see what I would come up with. Because I found that like when when I was kind of pushed out of my comfort zone, like either with no constraints at all, like in this writing project where I had to just kind of work with just my brain and like <laughs> and just come up with something original on the spot, yeah. um, or if it was like a situation where it was like, okay, you've got thirty minutes to make X using these things mm-hmm. and you go do yeah, it yeah um i just found that those those experiences have been really powerful in terms of like learning more about my creativity and when i feel most creative um so yeah that first term of wayfinding was just really pushed me outside of my comfort zone um because i had, I, I just had learned like like i said like i, I learned how to game the system and when that was kind of removed, it was it was just like me left with my creativity and left with just like um, uh, like making because I wanted to make things mm. Um, mm. versus like because other people were telling me to. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think that that shift has actually been something that I've I've been thinking about a lot as well. And it's I guess it's this idea of ambition that goes from being kind of outcome orientated like we're going we're going mm. to get this grade or mm-hmm. we don't want to get this job or we have some outcome that we're that we're grasping 
to something that is more kind of process driven and usually will get you into this state of flow where it feels like time disappears and we get into this almost like no self state mm. and <clears throat> i think a lot of people struggle with with um with letting go of the outcome and i was i was reading it this is maybe slightly off tangent but i was <laughs> reading a book this morning um and he talked about the uh, in in the um in the gita there's uh my my book to this story slightly but there's a a passage where they they deconstruct ambition and they deconstruct it into aspiration and um which is kind of very positive and very healthy and then grasping which is kind of where the suffering mm-hmm. comes from and they were saying that having those aspirations is is completely noble and a very positive thing but when you when you grasp on the outcome or when you focus on the outcome then that's when it kind of turns it just turns bad mm-hmm. and i think i've been trying to think of projects including this podcast where i'm trying to let go of let go of the outcomes and just show up and really enjoy the process mm-hmm. and for me that's where i that's where i think a lot of the real creativity that ironically then goes on to have a big impact i think it comes from that space where your your mind isn't split and you're not thinking about you know maybe 10% of your brain like what's this going to look like is it good enough all of these kind of questions but you're just in that moment and you're creating and i think that's a really magical place and you almost kind of build up this this muscle over time mm. where i think you can go deeper and deeper and deeper mm. um so that's a bit of a tangent but uh <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned that you gave a gave a ted talk um is that correct recently uh, no. tedx talk or was that was that or you went you went you went yeah. to ted okay yeah okay yeah. I went to TED and I'm also a part of uh TEDx Mount Hood. That's okay, that's yeah. Was, yeah. I'm uh, I'm like one of the organizers for TEDx Mount Hood and uh, oh, okay. been a speaker concierge for the last 2 years and huh. yeah. And did that come about through Wayfinders? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like my second month in the school and Michelle, <laughs> Michelle was like, "Hey, you know how I started the school? Well, I also like have this other big project where like I'm <laughs> the organizer for TEDx Mount Hood, <laughs> a local TEDx in yeah. Portland, yeah. which is like crazy." It, like I was just like, wait, you also do other things besides the school? Like, yeah. who are you? Yeah, it's, um, it's a I I managed to organize a TEDx in Santiago and it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not just not just that night, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a I've been a part of TEDx Mount Hood for the last 2 years. Um and that's also kind of served as like sort of I mean, you heard in the line of the creed that like college and community are woven together and like that's mm. a very very good example of like how mm my education continued outside of the classroom um by getting involved with this local organization TEDx Mountain Hood mm. and um a lot of my a lot of my cool projects and a lot of my like creative learning and and stretching has come from TEDx Mountain Hood uh it was the first time that i like shared my written work with people like i i wrote some blog posts for TEDx Mountain Hood and yeah and i i got i just got to do some really cool projects with TEDx Mountain Hood like another one was um I had just been messing around on my my with my iPhone just kind of shooting videos and um sort of getting my feet wet with just like what <laughs> what does it look like to create videos nowadays mm-hmm. and uh Michelle approached me and was like you should make the intro videos that play for the live audience when all of the speakers walk out like no big deal right and I was like <laughs> okay cool yeah let's do it um and so I, 
and I think this is a theme for a lot of my projects at Wayfinding and like kind of just my creative process in general um, going forward is like this process of like, I don't know how to do this thing and yet I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, and I have a lot of confidence in myself to do that because I've just seen over and over and over again that like, you don't, like, I don't have to have the answers in place before I go and I do something. Mm -hmm. Like I can start with kind of like what we've been talking about. Like I can start with the question and just follow it from there. Like I don't need to have the answer in place yeah. because for a lot of these questions, I don't really expect to ever get an answer, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Like mm -hmm. before when I came into wayfinding, like if we're talking about curiosity and talking about questions, I had a really, really hard time with the questions that could maybe couldn't be answered. Um, and for example, like one of them was, um, just like this really existential view of like in, in, in understanding our world um, around like, why are, why are we here? Like, what are we doing? Like as people, like, what are we striving for, if anything? And, uh, and I just remember, like, I was like, nobody can answer that. Like there is no like one answer. And I really struggled with that. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually I just learned to like, let go and just kind of like find my peace with mm. the, uh, like the paradox of asking questions that maybe don't have answers. Mm. Um, it, <laughs> it feels like you're kind of letting go of strands of, the, of that old story that mm -hmm. is kind of there, but it's almost um, uncovering the layers, I guess, over time. And I think that brings us um, really nicely full circle, actually, <laughs> to this point in time where you're about to graduate in just under two weeks. Yeah. Um, what is... What is going through your mind right now in terms of what's kind of happening after you, after you graduate? Mm -hmm. And I guess um, on this theme of questions, what do you feel like are the questions that are coming up now that you are maybe going to try and live your way into the answers to once you leave these, these walls of wayfinding? Camera? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, as I'm sure you can imagine, this is a question that we get like seemingly every day now um, <laughs> as we head towards graduation, this question of like, what are your next steps and what are you going to be doing? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, luckily I've had a lot of time to think about it. And one of the things that I realized is that I don't have the details of what I'm going to be doing for my next steps. Mm -hmm. And so my answers to these questions of what am I going to be doing is not anything tangible. It's not anything like, uh, it's not like, oh, I have this job lined up and I'm going to go do this thing. It's more, like you said, it's more like, what am, what do I want to contribute to? Like, what are the causes? What are the things that I care about? What are the questions that I want to ask that I want to be a part of? Um, and for me, there's a few. One of them is the question that is so prevalent right now around like, what does it mean to be a man mm -hmm. in today's world? Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's been a question that I've grappled with internally at Wayfinding, um, sort of just kind of when I've unrooted these old stories, like a lot of them are tied into my identity. And I've had a really beautiful opportunity to question, what does it mean to be a man? And um, how can I be a more empathetic, compassionate and loving man? And how can that fit within, how can, how can that fit in today's world? And what does that look like? Especially if I haven't had it modeled um, mm. for most of my life. That's one thing that I care very deeply about because I think it's it's so important, like changing 
changing that definition and changing that perspective around what it means to be a man and what it means to be an ally in today's world. So I care very deeply about that question. Another thing that I'll be working on is, um, I guess, I guess alternative education, but more specifically with me kind of trying to help other, like we talked about it in the beginning of this interview, but like one of the things that I care really deeply about is when people lose touch with like when, when, when people lose their curiosity or when people just can't connect to that creative place inside of themselves, because like, I know the pain of that because like I started to, and I was lucky enough to like really grasp onto that. Um, and I, and yet like, I just, I, yeah, I, I see my friends and my family that are in a lot of pain because of this. Uh, and so I'm just like, I, I need to do something about this and I don't know what it's going to be, but um, yeah, I, I almost am just kind of like, how much time do we have? Cause like, I could just keep going about the things that I'll be working on. Um, but I think at the core of the core of the things that I care about, um, like if we had to come back down to like one question, um, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I can distill it in one question, but, um, I guess a prevalent question for me coming out into graduation is probably, um, I guess like the question of like, who am I and how do I want to express that? And um, I guess like, <laughs> it's interesting because the more and more I ask this question, who am I? Um, I keep getting different answers um, as, I, as I ask it. So like, I look, at, I look at who I was two years ago and how I would have answered that question and it's much different than today. Um, and so I, I guess it's like, it's like, yeah, who am I? What am I, what am I passionate about? What are the things that bother me? What do I want to change about the things around me? And like, and then trying to find answers to those and finding to like, trying to like do some stuff about it. Kind of how wayfinding was like, this bothers me. I want to do something about it. Hmm. And then went and set off to take imperfect action on hmm. creating <laughs> an alternative system of higher education. Wow. Yeah, I think that that is a great place to to close. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Yeah, and thank you for cool. um, for showing me around. And I so I certainly feel kind of inspired having really seen this seen this in action. Um, for people who are curious to learn more about about Wayfinders and maybe contribute or help out, how can they how can they find Wayfinders and how can they find you? What would you what would you say? Um, yeah, if you're curious about Wayfinding Academy in general, you can go to wayfindingacademy.org. Um, if you're interested in becoming an, a student, honestly, I would recommend that you go ahead and reach out. Um, our, our process is very, very human. Um, like you will probably talk to someone, <laughs> like if not face to face, then at least over the phone. Um, like I, I would just very, very strongly urge you that if you're listening to this and you know somebody that is a good fit for wayfinding or you yourself are a good fit for wayfinding, um, take that leap, uh, especially if you're in the space between stories. <laughs> All right, Austin, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. This episode's question for you to ponder is this. What subjects might you include in a curriculum that was fit for the future? Share any thoughts on Twitter or Instagram tagging me, Johnny M1LLER. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It would mean a lot to me if you could take a few seconds to open up your podcast app and give Curious Humans a shiny five-star rating. 
This not only helps more people to find it, but it will help me to get more awesome guests in the future. And if you're not already subscribed, then the Curious Humans newsletter is where I share monthly morsels of interestingness and podcast updates. You can sign up for that at johnny.life. That's J-O-N-N-Y dot life. All right. Thanks for listening. And here's a preview of what to expect in the next episode. It feels like the most human thing to do is to kind of wonder about our place in the universe, that, that massive stuff. It does also remind me, the flip side of that is that in modern life, a lot of people don't have the luxury of being curious.